Hey everybody and welcome back to episode 10 of Nerd to the Third. Your stop for video games, movies, and everything nerdy. We're here bringing you the power of three with Nick, Nate, and this empty plate. With the extra D. <laughs> everybody likes that extra D. Not everybody. Hey. I do, but not everybody. All right, so a little grinding before we get started. Uh, make sure to go to TX3 Productions. That's ThreadX3 Productions uh, on Twitter. We're we're already past our 55, so now it's time to get up to 100. Um, I'd like to do a, a share-a-thon because, as you know, sharing is caring. So um, make sure anytime you see a, a tweet, go ahead and share that, and I would love to do like a giveaway a giveaway to anybody who shares and if you share you're automatically entered to the giveaway the more times you share maybe the more times you get entered so september is this month of sharing also and starting this monday we're starting back up our weekly show thinking about things this is where we just get to have a little talk about something a little bit more serious sometimes maybe funny sometimes it might just be a story time or something like that but we're starting it up and it's going to be weekly so check out our first episode procedural fun i'm really proud in this uh, i had a lot of fun making it so i hope you guys enjoy it so make sure to check that out on youtube at threat x3 productions all right um so before we get started today unfortunately we do have something a little serious to talk about and that's the jacksonville madden shooting um as of right now there's not a lot of information other than it's just you know uh it's a white male and so far it's three isn't it nate um two for sure i think three is is right but of course information is going to change in between yep. now and probably the time you're, you'll hear this yeah there's 11 people who have gone to the hospital and out of those 11 only a few of them are in critical conditions so that three can unfortunately hike up by the time you're listening to this and this literally happened i think today so this is sunday when we record and so you know just um i i mean i i I don't necessarily like to say, you know, thoughts and prayers, but I mean, in this case, it really just, you know, for anybody who's, you know, struggling to survive, I really, you know, want to put my thoughts and prayers out there for those people. And also, you know, just anybody affected by this, anybody who's lost somebody, anybody who knows somebody, you know, and I mean, I, I, this is just another reminder to just always be nice to the ones you love and love them like you may never see them again and i mean hopefully that day will never come for you but i mean just try to live your life in in the best way possible so we do have uh, a couple names two of the people confirmed to have passed during the shooting were um spot me please and true boy uh both former madden champs Mm -hmm. uh in the madden scene so so for absolutely for sure you know thoughts and prayers do go out to their loved ones because uh you know this is definitely going to be a tough time for them Uh, like we said we don't know the cause we don't know the the reason for the shooting um i believe it was some sort of 
live stream event that was going on for Madden. Right. It was um, uh, qualifiers, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So, again, more information will probably come out within the next month or so. Um, but as of time of recording, this literally just happened, I think, three hours ago. Yeah. And it just it just sucks. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know what else to say other than you know it's just it's it is a tragedy and it's just one more one more thing to happen and you know yeah. So I mean, unfortunately, we are, we are going to move on from that. So hopefully, you know, everybody, if you haven't already, give your thoughts and prayers to them and you know. We'll have to see where things go, and um, let's unfortunately let's go ahead and try to move on with the show. Um, you know that we don't normally do it this way, so it's going to be something new for us. But you know, let's move right on. You know what really pushes my buttons? What pushes your buttons, Nick? Well, you know, it. this happens a lot on YouTube in particular. What really pushes my buttons is when everyone on YouTube talks about the same damn thing. Okay? Uh, a couple weeks ago, it was Fortnite is dying, even though the numbers were, like, huge, and it's like, oh, but it's dying. Yeah, it was just clickbait bs um recently it was battlefield has already failed um and it's funny only one person came up with the information and made sure to actually so um the the big headline was like that uh, battlefield is 85 percent behind call of duty um, I don't think it's a huge surprise that Battlefield being behind Call of Duty, but I think the the big headline was the 85%. And actually, only the layman boys came out and said that this information is based off of one website. It's not based off of, like, GameStop and, like, a bunch of other, like, compiled together. It was off of one thing. And so here are a bunch of people making a, a vehicle, a, a vehicle, <laughs> a video about how it's already failing but they're basing it off of completely you know random facts and it's kind of like you know kind of stupid and it's and it's just it's a trend you know i understand that there are trends out there and and some people just like to jump onto them but i don't know what are your thoughts on it so like i think this uh, I think this happens a lot with YouTube because you have a lot of creators that are all wanting to get a piece of whatever is new and hot. So yeah. this is something that it's always going to happen, but it, it kind of does show who is really the one to pay attention to and who isn't. So like you were just saying, only one person who came out on YouTube and had a video about this actually presented information. Whereas you have the other group of people that are just looking for clickbait and you click on the video and it's like, Hey, what's up guys? I'm making some toast. Oh yeah. Let's talk about how battlefield is going to suck this year because this reason, (laughs) this reason, you know, did you actually see a video where somebody was making toast or were you just, no, I'm basing that (laughs) off of like Logan Paul vlogs. Okay. 
because they do the same thing. Like the title and the thumbnail is like, hey, check this out. And then yeah, the video starts I break up, like, my leg. <laughs> yeah. And the video starts out. What's up, guys? It's such and such. We're doing this. Oh, hey, real quick. I'm just going to play some video games. Oh, yeah. hey, actually, well, I'm going to talk about what I said, the, what I said in the caption, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you do have a lot of that. So it, it, it does work out in a positive way because it shows it kind of highlights the creators that should be highlighted. Right. And kind of shows, oh, these guys aren't actually, you know, good. And not to, because I talked about this a couple episodes ago, when it comes to the Call of Duty scene, that's why I really like creators like Drifter. Yeah. Because his titles aren't clickbait and his videos aren't just talking about, like, the state of Call of Duty. Like, they are, like, breakdowns of, like, patches in the game or they're breakdowns of kind of how this is working and actually has an actual conversation. And he actually did a video recently um, that was, it was kind of cringy. I'm not going to lie, but it was making fun of all of the black ops Four hate. Like, <laughs> like, in, like he played two different characters. One was his person. The other one was your typical, um, like call of duty hater. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah. So it, it <laughs> the way youtube is uh, it kind of always has been like this but especially nowadays when everyone is trying to create one you get one thing and then everyone takes it off to the races yeah i don't know it's just when it's like smaller creators like i almost understand to a certain extent like that's not something we do we don't do that stuff as far as like we we talk about stuff that's topical but it's like it's not it's not the same as like youtube and where we put out a video and we like we have like all these tags in the description and stuff and and but anyway sorry what i was saying is that like smaller creators i can sort of understand they're trying to you know take take what somebody else has said and just, you know, try to get some notoriety out of it. I mean, I can understand that completely because like, I would love to just throw out a video that has to do with, let's say Fortnite. <laughs> Cause I mean, you could get millions off of Fortnite, right? Yeah. Um, or even like call of duty or, you know, I'd love to do that, but I don't because I mean, I think it's twofold. One, I just don't know how many people would care. And because there are so many people making videos about it, how far down would they have to scroll down just to get to me? You know? Yeah. So for smaller creators, I can sort of understand. They're just, they're playing the odds, so to speak. You know? So I can sort of understand that. Well, so... Go ahead. (laughs) But big creators... That's when it's like, like you guys are the ones setting the trend. And I mean, mm-hmm. I really like Clean Prince Gaming and I really like uh, Downward Thrust. Downward Thrust a little less lately just because, I don't know, like he, he's just changed. Um, but, and then Layman Games. Layman Games is another one. And uh, Yongi. Um, I really like all these guys. Um, Yongi, he he definitely has his own thing, but like, I, I like the layman's because it's almost like me and you where we can like riff off of each other. And, and, um, we, we at least try to be funny about it. Um, but then like downward thrust in clean prints, prints, 
gaming or price game? I think it's I think it's price. Oh, okay. Anyways, but either way, they copy each other so much and i don't think it's necessarily on purpose that's not like i'm not you know putting out a hate (laughs) you know i'm not putting out a diss tracker by any means um but i mean those two in particular just always seem to copy each other and then what you see happen because they do it is that all the smaller creators do it too all the people who only have like a hundred thousand or something me personally if I've had many, many opportunities to like put out a certain video, um, a video idea that I've had. And sometimes I just decide not to because of just how much coverage there is. I'm like, well, you know, what's, what's the point, you know? Yeah. So I'm actually going to, this is going to be a twofer. So enjoy this, ladies and gentlemen, what pushes my buttons Uh when it comes, when it comes to this is the whole Fortnite is dying thing. Yeah. That is just basically a meme at this point because it is just factually not true that Fortnite is in any way, shape, or form dying. Yeah. If anything, I would say PUBG is. Now, I know PUBG isn't dying because it still has a dedicated audience of people who still play it, but I don't think that PUBG is growing at any sort of rate that Fortnite is. Yeah. I mean, for, you're going to tell me Fortnite's dying when the brand new fucking Galaxy Note 9, one of the promotions is you if you buy it from Samsung, you can either get a really good pair of headphones right. or a Galaxy skin in Fortnite and 15,000 V-Bucks. Yep. Like they wouldn't Fortnite wouldn't be dying if set, like like that's just not it's just factually not true. So you what you're just yeah, trying like, to Yeah, like what's the last video game that was highly advertised on on an on an advertisement like that like exactly like now, you don't I see mario s- run going up there like hey it's the me mario buy yeah. my phone seven now i will say for me personally like this was the first battle pass that i bought this current season mm-hmm. and i bought it for switch because that's where i've been playing it mostly switch um, hey but, <laughs> <laughs> but even still like um, I haven't played probably in about a week or two, so I haven't really played any of the challenges, and it's just because I haven't had the desire to. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe in that way, Fortnite <laughs> is, but that's not. That doesn't mean it's dying. It means just some players who've been playing since the beginning are getting fatigued. Yeah, yeah. But Fortnite is still growing exponentially. I mean, they just launched the Android port. Right. I, it's it's so weird to say something that's making millions upon millions of dollars per day. Billions. Yeah, right? Per day is somehow dying just because out of those millions upon millions, a couple million have not played in a week or so or play as play little more, you know? Like I don't know. And that that's that is literally just what pushes my buttons is is People just, they see something that gets a million views and they're like, oh, I need to do it. And you see this a lot on, like, a lot of Instagram comedians are very freaking similar. You know, you got your Lele Pons and your and your, and your other people. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't pay that much attention. Um, but, I mean, they just, they all have very similar styles you know, they all act like they're in high school, even though they're like 20 something or maybe even towards their 30s. But they still act like they're in high school because they know that's their demographic. And right. 
and it's the same thing. It's like, it's just, they keep doing the exact same thing over and over again. And they say somebody else do about it. And then they have to pumble it into the ground until it's just lifeless and twitching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing it. Lifeless and twitching. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess uh, that's, that's pretty much it. That is what pushes my buttons now let's head into the weekly grind i actually haven't been doing a whole whole lot um i have bought more games recently in the past week or two than i have probably in the past three or six months oh yeah um so like i had talked about last week i picked up doom for the first time um finally and i was i was playing a good bit through that um and then uh one of the places i have to drive to every now and then for my job is called texarkana and it's 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 exactly where arkansas and texas meet and so this the city's right there and so i can go to three miles down the road and be in arkansas and you know vice versa so it's about two and a half hours away from me and i was waiting for my like job window to open up. And so I had to wait there for like three hours. Oh God. And so I was just, I was trying to find something to do and I was like, well, I'm going to go into Best Buy. And so, um, I'm looking around and I'm like, Oh, well let me see about this. And I was seeing what games were cheap. And, um, I saw horizon was, uh, 20 bucks and then GCU, I got it for 15. So I picked up horizon for the first time. What's GCU? The gamers club unlocked. Oh, the Best Buy that, thing you get. I thought that died. No, well, uh, it's still active for people who have an active membership. But after, like, for me, I got it uh, this year, so I have two years left of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they just don't advertise it as heavily as they did. Yeah. So, okay. um, so yeah, I got it for like fifteen bucks, which is actually funny because yesterday. Or I think today it's on sale on the PSN store for eleven, the complete edition. So, dun, dun, dun. so whatever. <laughs> but anyway, I've been playing through that, um, and it kind of sucks going from God of War to Horizon. Kind of does. I I had a similar thing go on because it is just, but it's also not fair because they were a year apart. Yeah, and they're two completely different games for the most part. But, you know, I've noticed, like, in the first, like, hour or so, there was some, like, character animations that were just, like, really kind of twitchy, kind of buggy. A little bit, yeah. And I was like, like, well, that kind of sucks. But um, I can definitely tell that this is a game that I'm going to want to do absolutely everything in. Yeah. And I say that because I got to the, basically, the first mission where Mm -hmm. where Rost is like, hey go do this, gather this, and meet me at the, whatever, Southgate, I think it was. I literally was just walking around and found, like, four side quests and did them. Nice. Before I even got, like, the part that I stopped playing at was when I went to go talk to that guy to get the trip caster, I think it was. Oh, okay. And so, like, I, whereas with God of War, I just mainlined it. And then yeah. I did all this side stuff towards the end or like when I finished the main campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those that I'm looking at the map and I'm like, I want to clear this map. Like Definitely. I just want, like I just naturally want to do this. So it's, 
it's definitely something that like i said i'm not too far but i do like it so far um and me playing this is gonna have a lot to do with kind of where my stance will be on some of these big games that come out so i'll be interested to see what happens with that but um, yeah yeah see like for me i i got it i think i mentioned it a couple episodes it was like probably three or four now but yeah i got it on no i don't think it was on sale i think the normal price is like it has that greatest hits or whatever and so but i got the complete edition for only like twenty dollars yeah which is a steal yeah um it's a great game i totally agree with the animations and everything but i'd say one of the things that kind of like that kind of like irk me about the game is that the style of game it is, the fact that you're fighting these giant monsters and stuff, and there's even certain things to climb on. But what kind of irks me is the fact that you can't climb on everything. You can only yeah. climb on very specific yellow things. But then there's like, there's like, okay, like, uh, there's this one area you probably haven't gotten to it yet. Um, but it's outside your normal village and it's like these dilapidated, um, you know, uh, buildings, but it's not like last of us where you can still tell what the building used to look like, because this is set like hundreds of years, not just 15 in the future after the, uh, the, this is set hundreds of years. And so now it's these same like skyscrapers, but now you see just how like dilapidated they can be after a hundred years. And yeah. so, but there's definitely some spots where you're fighting these bigger um, robots. And I would love to just like get up on here, go over here, hop over there and then like shoot at them or whatever. And I can't. And so it's like, it's it's just it just irks me. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. It just irks me because it's like, okay, I can climb up this wooden yellow thing, but I can't climb up this thing that looks exactly like it, but not, I guess. So yeah, I think that when in twenty seventeen people were comparing it to Breath of the Wild, that was probably one of the things that had a lot to do with it. Whereas mm-hmm. in Breath of the Wild, you can literally climb literally. everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also it's I think that kind of is a design flaw because you know, I was gonna compare it to like Uncharted Three, mm-hmm. but even Uncharted Three, I, I'm not gonna do four because four you have the grappling hook. Right. But um in three and even in God of War, those are both games that are linear games exactly yep. whereas you have in god of war it has a, a like a lot of different places you can go around it's not exactly open world but it in a way it kind of is yeah whereas this is supposed to be an open world game yeah so like it is kind of difficult for you to not have the ability to climb on everything yeah, and I mean, especially when you have a game like Assassin's Creed, and I'd feel I I'd say that like, oh, that is a great point too. A good majority of this combat feels like if Assassin's Creed had Rubet dinosaurs. I honestly feel like it's more like Tomb Raider. 
I could see that, but then uh, that would go right back to the climbing because the climbing in Tomb Raider, you can pretty much climb on almost anything. Granted, yeah. that is game design where they design the world to be climbed on, but that's my point is the, yeah. is the fact that here's this open world version of, let's say, a Tomb Raider with dinosaurs or uh, uh, Assassin's Creed with dinosaurs or just like, I don't know, like a kill zone with dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know? So, go ahead. And it, yeah, it's just, it's so weird that I can't climb up. I can't get to an interesting position. And especially once you start getting to like encampments and um, you start like going up against other human beings, it's just, it's, it's just so directed. It's like, here mm-hmm. are the couple of ways you could do something. And those are the only ways you can do it. So it's like, yeah. yeah. It just it limits you when you can't just do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Well, so another thing that I'm really enjoying is when the game started, I kind of got this feeling of like, okay, I know where this is going. Blah blah blah. Like I'm like, all right, you know, I heard the story was really good. Let's see what it's about. When it gets to the scene where she's fallen down into that forbidden area, yeah, right. And she finds the do do they later on do they explain what it's called? Oh, the thing on her forehead. She she gives it a name, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. So when she puts it on, that, that whole scene from her freaking out and then putting it back on and seeing that projection, like it hit me. Mm-hmm. Like even though I don't have children, like that scene, I felt that. And I was like, like I, I can feel her curiosity. Right. And like wanting to know what's going on with it. And then the scenes later on, or even when she's still going through that cave, like this is another thing why I think I'm going to want to do everything is because I looked at all those bodies that I could get that nice. the like messages from. Mm-hmm. And I listened to all of them because I'm like, Oh God, I want to know what, what's what this world's about. Right. And, and then like fast forward to when you're a little bit older and you're hunting with Rost. Rost and- a nine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, like this, this seems very similar. And then the scene, whenever she's like, no, I'm going to go save him. I'm going to go save that guy. Yes. Because I can I can see their tracks. And then after that, he was like, huh. Like, kind of had that realization. Like, it's just, it's simple storytelling, but it works. Yeah. And, yeah. like, I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, I, I won't give too much away because, you know, just within the first hour, there's definitely some really good things. But um, it... Unfortunate for me, uh, I played a crap ton of it, and then it got to the point where I was just like, you know, I some other stuff came out. Um, I think it's definitely going to be a downtime game for me right now. Is like whenever mm-hmm. there's some downtime, I might you know try to finish it. But for now, it's like, uh, we got Spider Man coming around the corner. We got tons of stuff coming around the corner. Do I really have time to sit down and play a you know two year old game? No matter how awesome that two year old goal. No, <laughs> no matter how awesome that two year old God two year old game that is. It yeah. is. Well, know. so I actually, I actually, <laughs> I actually had that worry whenever I was going to start it because I'm right. like, God, Spider Man's around the corner, and I'll talk about this a little bit more. Uh, in a little bit. Uh, I'll talk about this a little bit more in a little bit, but um, for me, just because this is how I was with God of War, I don't really like where we are with games in in main media, mm-hmm. just in the sense of like Red Dead's a prime example. I love Red Dead 1. I absolutely cherish that game. Um, 
but because everyone won't shut the f up about Red Dead 2, I'm just like, I can wait to play it. And so, like, I know, because how I was with God of War, everyone was constantly, this game is an absolute masterpiece. Right, Yes, right. everyone was right. But as I was playing that, when people were talking about it, I couldn't enjoy the game. Because yeah. my expectations were being constantly railed, hey, this is the best game ever, play this game. Mm-hmm. And so, it took me a while. So, when I started Horizon, I'm like, I already know it. Like, it's going to be probably a couple months before I even play Spider-Man. Let the hype die down. Yeah. And so I wasn't super, I'm not super worried about it. Because I also know it'll be a completely different open world experience. Definitely, definitely. Because open world New York and open world planes of wherever we're at is is two completely different things. Yeah. So last thing for me, I actually forgot to bring this up. Hold on. Every time you say for me, it always makes me think of Bill Burr. And he does an impression of a woman. He's like, for me, it's just that. Thanks. Thank you. So last thing. For you. I actually forgot to bring. (laughs) (laughs) I actually forgot to bring this up last episode uh, when we were talking about canceled TV shows. But there's one I felt like I needed to bring up just because I don't know if many people know about it. So there was a TV show that, of course, got canceled by Fox. God dang it, Fox! Back in 2012 called Alcatraz. And it starred Sam Neill, who was the main character from Jurassic Park. Um, Another one that I really enjoyed him in was Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams. Um, But it also has the... What is his name? Jorge Garcia from Lost. Mm, And it's basically this agency has been set up to recapture Alcatraz prisoners because apparently sometime in 1963, something happens and all the prisoners disappear and they start reappearing in the present day. And it was just really, it was produced by JJ Abrams. So it kind of has that JJ flair to it, that kind of feeling that his TV produced shows get. Um, But it just had this really cool, like, fringe science what's going on mystery action cop uh and it only had 13 episodes it had one season and then it got canceled Mm -hmm. but it's something i don't actually actually i have no idea where i can watch it but it uh it was a really really interesting cool show yeah yeah see and it's weird the the premise that you gave me is actually very similar to like a lot of mystery premises. Like a good example would be 4400 is one. Um, there's one even called like the Forgotten or something. It's another one. Same premise, you know, people were taken from like way, way back in time and now they're coming up in today. And even now that I think of it, there's one where it's a plane. And so the plane uh, disappears um, and then when they come back or whatever, which I think we see it from the plane's perspective. We don't see it from, you know, the world's perspective because as they're calling in their landing, like, Hey, we're ready to land. They're like, what, what was your flight number again? Nine, seven, seven. I don't know what it actually is. (laughs) It's like, wait, that's impossible. (laughs) It's been missing for five years. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, okay. That's, that's cool. Like, it sounds so familiar. I just I can't think of what it is. I it has the it has the guy from uh Once Upon a Time, Princess or Princess. I'm gender fluid. Um Prince Charming. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Prince Charming, the guy who plays Prince Charming opposite of the Snow White in Once or Once Upon a Time, it has that guy. Other than that, I don't really recognize that many other people. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's weird how many times that particular um, concept has been done. Because like I'd say way back when like the forty four hundred happened, I'm like, wow, what a unique and interesting. <laughs> concept and then it's like five times later and it's like wow hollywood really has just completely run out of ideas <laughs> yeah the 4400 i had actually forgotten about but um it, we talked about this last week when, when i was t- when we were talking about revolution and revolution, or, no w- w- was it wayward pines or revolution i think it was revolution that one's similar to another one that's what you get jericho at, right it was either you or um, Anthony was like, oh, so you're talking about Jericho. Yeah, f***ing Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, yeah, it was it was really enjoyable. It was a Fox show. So right. I, it was like 2012 when it came out. So that kind of generation of kind of cop or mystery or action shows kind of were very similar. Yeah. Um, but that's always been the Fox formula is put out some something someone likes. Like Becoming Human, I think, was another one that they had that had yeah. – um, Oh, the guy from Dread. What is his name? Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Yeah. Yeah, that was that what was, was really it called? Interesting... Becoming Human. I think. I think you mean Being Human. Or... Yeah, it was Being Human. Yeah, being Human. Yeah, Becoming Human is on. No, sci-fi. it was Almost Human. It was Almost. almost human. There we go. We got yeah. it eventually. Yeah, that was another one that was canceled. That was really good. Well, Damn it, that, Fox! Yeah, I mean, like, if they could just hurry up and do like a Netflix dread, I think everybody would be happy. And Carl Urban, he's just sitting on the sidelines, like, "Hey guys, I want to play." Hey, to be honest, we did get part of a similar story like this in Detroit, because <laughs> the main synopsis for Almost Human is in a not so distant future, a human cop and an android partner <laughs> up to protect and serve. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, freaking Fox. I mean, I feel like if if you don't plan on having a show for more than one season, like why even start it up? Like I understand that's the point of a pilot, that's the point of but like I don't know. I would really like to start seeing, you know, like full stories. Every series is set up in a way that you know, it's supposed to keep going and then it doesn't. So it really sucks. So what I'd really like to see, this is what I'd like to see. Okay, Nate, what I'd really like to see is something like Stranger Things. Stranger Things, the way it ended season one and even season two for that matter, um, was very much a self-contained story. Mm -hmm. At the end of the season, there was definitely some breadcrumbs that they left, but all in all, it was its own story. You know, and then you could say the exact same thing about season two. Season two, other than the very, you could almost call it a post-credit scene because it was just like, oh, here's the high school flipped upside down and there's the, you know, the giant smoke monster. It really, that's the only, you know, breadcrumb that it, that it left us. The other one was, you know, well, what, you know, what's that slug and what's this and, you know, and, but it. It was still like if that's where it would have lit, if if the slug coming out of his mouth and him getting a peek into the uh, 
to the upside down world or whatever. If that mm-hmm. would have ended there, we would have never gotten a season two. It would have sucked, but at the same time, it's like I I at least feel like the story itself was a full and complete story. And yeah, then, that's a cliffhanger that I don't feel bad about not seeing. Like that exactly. is a satisfying enough cliffhanger. Like that is I can't tell you what it specifically is, but it's uh it's good enough to where it doesn't detract from the story because exactly. It's not like, we're not going to know the answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's the last literal like 30 seconds of the, and, and it's just the, the structure of the story as well. The structure of the story, everything is tied up by the end, you know, Mm. instead of writing in these twists, quote unquote, that are not supposed to happen for another season or two. It's like, when you do that, it's like, Oh, okay. It's like disenchanted. Disenchanted we just talked about last week and I finally finished it and there's this big twist that happened literally on the last episode that you didn't see coming and not because you know like they set it up it's like you literally didn't see it coming because they didn't set it up until the 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 last episode so it's like it was a quote twist but it's like well I didn't really have any attachment to this particular character. So of course I didn't see it coming. You didn't tell me about it. Like you didn't foreshadow it in any way. And then they also have all these other like kind of threads that are going to be quote unquote answered in season two. But if you remember last week, my main complaint about it is how serialized it was. And the fact that the story didn't carry over like, um, like a family guy or like a Simpsons. It's not like um, Rick and Morty. It's not like Bojack Horseman. When something happens, it actually matters. You know, it's exact opposite. And that was my main complaint about it. So here we go. We have an end of the season twist, quote unquote, cliffhanger. And it's just like, oh, but I don't freaking care. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah i mean i just i really want to see more shows give me a complete story you know you can you can plan ahead like stranger things did they're like oh what's this slug you know that's totally cool and i'm totally fine with that but when the whole when the whole um season is basically like captain america first avenger where it is literally a setup for the avengers like it's not cool because then you just don't feel like you got a full story. You, I mean, I feel like Amazing Spider-Man Two is another perfect example. That story oh. was so convoluted, and I personally love it. But it's like I understand why people hated it. There was so much in that movie that we'll never get to see come to fruition, and it's because they got way too ahead of themselves. They got way too full of themselves, and it's like just tell us a good story. Worry about franchises later tell us a good story today yeah and that's the thing that's what that's what i feel so bad about uh the amazing spider-man movies with andrew garfield is apart from tom holland andrew garfield is my favorite peter parker definitely like i like the first amazing spider-man i really really enjoyed because it was super different yeah like it felt like the comic version like it's you know i mean mechanical spider shooters why in exactly, God's yeah. name was there organic spider shooters? That one itty bitty thing just made no sense, especially since in Spider-Man 2, there was a whole story arc about how he was running out of webbing and they tried to, 
cover it up with, oh, you're stressed out. And it's like, no, go f*** yourself, man. There, well, he see, used to always run out of spiders, but that's because he found he he was running out of spider webs. It was like an yeah. actual thing. And not only that, but then, like, you know, if, for the villains that knew enough about him, they could use that against him and, like, break his spider you know, shooter thimmajig. Web shooters. Yeah. <laughs> web sh- there we go. I don't know why I was like flubbing up on web shooters. <laughs> such a such an uh, hard word. Well, so this is we're going down this interesting tangent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raimi movies do hold a special Raimi. place for me because they were like those were my first Spider-Man movies. Those were the first ones. Those that, were your first. Though <laughs> they were my first. Um, See, the nineties so, cartoon was my first. So then when you shove the freaking organic down my throat i'm like no 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 yeah <laughs> well, it, what's what was actually funny is um i kind of did this partially for the you know kind of funny i don't know if you paid attention but they finished their x-men in review and so now they're doing spider-man in review oh geez and i saw i saw someone post on instagram and i kind of went you know i don't think i own any of the spider-man movies ex- except for the newest one on blu-ray and so i went to a local Mom and pop shop. Well, not mom and pop. But mom and local. pop. Jittle grop. <laughs> it's a, a game exchange. You may have them. I don't know. I think they're nationwide. Anyway, I went in there and they, you know, sell like used games and movies. Right. And I found all of the Spider-Man movies except for the first one. Oh, and, man. and not even the store near me has it either. So I have to order the first one on eBay. It's kind of annoying. But anyway. Amazing Spider-Man 2 suffers so much from the fact that it's not a Spider-Man movie. It's a setup for the Sinister Six. Exactly. It never happened. It never happened. It was and because of all this, you know, Sony hacking BS that we had nothing to do. Yeah. The whole thing with Jamie Foxx, I really liked him as Electro. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. The beginning of that movie is awesome when it, like, starts out from, like, good when point, you see the point. spider web. And the that's the spider web. Would you see the Spider Man logo on his back and the camera pans out and he's like free falling? It's super cool. Like it's a really cool intro to the movie. Um and so I'm really excited to go back and rewatch those, but and I'm worried about that with Venom now too because it's uh, it, they reported like two days ago that Tom Hardy was signed on for three more Venom movies. Oh. It's like like I know like Venom may be a bad movie in general, but I think what's going to make it even worse is I feel like they're going to try to universe this movie so much. <laughs> they're going to universe it, the fuck out of this. <laughs> and it really it really doesn't need to be. Let it be a self-contained story like we were just talking about with the TV. Have a self-contained story, and if you make more, great. Just add on to it, but don't detract from one movie because you want to make more. You know, really, uh, another really good example. Um, the the uh, pff, sorry, uh, Hero season one to season two. I feel like season one wrapped up pretty good. And it left us enough to want a season two, but it didn't make us hate everything about it. And then, like, of course, the infamous season four has a huge cliffhanger in it. And it's just like, oh, well, never mind. This is canceled now. 
I feel like Lost deserves to be in this conversation, but I don't feel like it does at the same time either, because I feel like its sins are completely different than what we're talking about. Well, yeah, and see, Lost, you'd have to talk about it as a series, not as a season. And I I really do believe, um, I think Heroes is probably one of the perfect examples, because um, Heroes was made to be kind of like uh, comic books in the sense that, you know, uh, season one was like the, you know, the Dark Issue Phoenix one. saga, for instance. You know, you could read the whole Dark Phoenix saga and you'd have a complete story. Um, and then all you'd get on the side were more character developments between like, you know, Logan and Jubilee and, and stuff like that. Um, and so I feel like Heroes is one of the good ones. And obviously, uh, Stranger Things, you know, when when there's just enough to make you want to keep watching, but it it finishes up the main storyline in a satisfying way. Because after all, we all just want to be satisfied. We want to have a satisfying ending, not one that leaves us <laughs> in. And it needs to be happy. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> happy ending as well. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of watching things, um, we talked about it last week. So I don't normally like to talk about things two weeks in a row. But, hey, I've already broken that rule with Just Enchanted. So uh, The Innocents, we both got to watch the first episode of that, right? Right. Um, What did you think? So it's one of those that I'm going to have to go back and Mm rewatch just because the time that my wife and I were watching it, it's just one of those i I don't think we were i don't think we were in the right mood for it yeah um it's Mm. kind of one of those that like you like we said off you'd set off air the tone i got from the trailer at least was that it was gonna be a pretty serious show but i i guess i really didn't anticipate how serious it was gonna be Mm -hmm. i figured it was kind of kind of be kind of be more um like mystery like like pay like pace wise it's mystery we're gonna go fast and that's not what I got. Yes, this is definitely a slow burn. It's definitely heavy, heavy-handed. Like not in a cheesy way, not in a bad way. All the actors are superb. All the all of the side characters just it feels like a real world and it feels like real people. But at the same time, it is so goddamn serious. And yeah, I mean, me and my wife watched it, and I'm like, hey, do you want to watch the? Uh, because I think we ended up watching a movie afterwards just because dinner was ready and like, hey, let's watch a movie. Um, so then like the next day or something, I'm like, hey, you want to watch the next episode? She's like, eh, I'm not really in the mood. I'm like, OK, I get that. You know, I didn't push for it because it's like, you know, I more wanted to watch, keep watching just because I was interested, not necessarily because I was in the mood. So I could totally understand where you're coming from there. That's kind of exactly what happened with uh, my wife and I in Atlanta. My wife. Uh, the my wife uh, <laughs> my wife sorry if we if we're um, not laughing at least once every couple of minutes then people are just gonna be like <sighs> yeah no 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 uh, so the i've talked about it before donald glover's show atlanta on fx like i heard really good things about it and we started the the this was a while back ago um yeah. we started a couple episodes and i was really digging it but i could tell she liked it but she wasn't know, in like like with it she wasn't in like like with it, so <laughs> it ended up being one of the shows that I'm just I just started watching by myself. Yeah, and I'm glad I did because I would hit episodes where I'm like I enjoyed this, but I know for a fact she wouldn't have. Oh yeah, yeah. So 
it, this may be one of those things as well. It, it definitely, I'm interested to see where it goes, but I think just because the mood we were in, I wasn't able to give it as fair of a shot. Are we back to innocence now? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the show itself, everything I saw, I liked, you know, um, everything i i feel like the mystery because there's these people like on this island and you know they're shapeshifters and then this girl clearly and i we said this last episode but it's like she clearly did not know she was a freaking shapeshifter and her like finding that out and getting all creeped out or whatever it was like very believable and i mean just how gut-wrenchingly raw and believable the performances are like I want to watch it, you know. It's another good example. The movie we ended up watching was Dunkirk. Dunkirk was a really good movie, um, but I, I, you're, you're gonna hear it here first. It's not that freaking great. Like, I don't even know if it really deserves awards because it's like it's just another really good movie. But it's like, is it a great movie? I feel like one of the main reasons it got a good it got good rewards and stuff was because it was a war movie, because it was a World War II movie. And any movie apparently that has World War II in it apparently just gets fast tracked to the front of the line. Because there was a huge story plot of that that just confused the absolute shit out of me. Um, like halfway through the movie, it like jumps back in time and then it goes forward again, back again. And then it's like the timeline was so confusing. And I'm like, I know you're Christopher Nolan. I know you have this thing or whatever that, that you do, especially in the prestige or whatever. But like, as far as from a storytelling perspective, what good did it do you to tell the story that way? It was just so confusing because like every time it would switch somewhere else, I'm like, okay. When is this happening? Not what's happening. When is this happening? And so most of the movie was just kind of eh. Would you say that it's probably the the either your least favorite or the lowest of Nolan's movies? Huh. Now I haven't seen it, and I also I haven't know. seen Memento. I so. haven't seen. Yeah, me too. I haven't seen Memento. Although I feel like. I feel like the pedigree that I hear about Memento is more than I hear about Dunkirk. People talk about Dunkirk and they're like, oh, yes, it's a, you know, superb movie. But they don't talk about it in the same, like, because Memento not only does it have, like, a really good twist, but it has a really good story arc and everything. Mm -hmm. Whereas Dunkirk is just events that happen to characters. And that's about it. And I, those type of movies, I... I don't like as much as like a movie that has a clear arc. It has a clear, you know, beginning, middle and end where this is like, you know, you get right in the middle of it. And it's like, you know, it's, I don't know. It's not bad. I I always hate, I always hate getting down on a movie because then somebody might come up. Like, I think a really good example is like Batman vs Superman. Um, Mm -hmm. Way back in the day when we actually used to do reviews, when I reviewed it, one of the main points I brought up was like, oh, I don't think people are going to like the fact that Batman murders. And so then fast forward to that 
end of the year and I put it on my favorite of the year and my co-host at the time he's like really that's your favorite movie you had so many bad things to say about it it's like I might have had thing bad things to say about it but that doesn't mean I don't like it you know and so yeah I was a long-winded way to say basically like I don't like dissing on movies but it's like when there is this one key thing that just like makes me tilt my head it's like it kind of ruins the movie for me no matter how awesome it is yeah so i feel like this is going to be the tangent episode because i'm about to go on another one do it another one double tangent major key uh sorry i had to go dj Khaled. i had to go dj oh okay dj Khaled. yeah because i was like another one another Um, one so for me personally for going back to the whole yeah for me personally. Oh, okay. Going back to the whole Nolan thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's gonna... this for? I don't understand. <laughs> so going back to the Nolan movies, having not seen Dunkirk or Memento, um, this is kind of hard because I love, 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 love The Dark Knight. Yeah, right. But I think that Inception is going to have to be number one, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. Probably followed by The Dark Knight, and then I'd say Interstellar and Batman Begins. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, because pres- I Prestige goes up towards the top. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah, Prestige. Oh, I forgot about the Prestige. Right, yeah, the Prestige. Oh, man, this it's is up hard. there. I wouldn't say it's number one, but it's pretty close. Because I'd say it's the Prestige and Interstellar are neck and neck, and yeah. then Dark Knight, and then Batman Begins. Dark Knight so, Rises, maybe. I don't know. Dark Knight Rises is pretty darn low in my list, at least. I love Dark Knight Rises, but I can also recognize that it is the least. It's the most good. flawed it's, out of yeah, all Yeah, it's of the worst movies. out of the Batman. No- yeah, yeah. There's just a lot of shit that just doesn't make sense yeah. in that movie. But um, so I want to put Interstellar at number one just because when I saw Because it took me forever to watch it. Yeah, I finally yeah, yeah. watched it. And... I was like, this movie is incredible, but I think what's what kind of hinders it for me is, and this is a spoiler for Interstellar for a movie came out in 2014, I think. Um, halfway watching the movie, I'm like, wait, I think I remember a meme about this movie, and it was a meme. It was like one of those uh, sum up a movie's plot in one sentence tweets. Oh yeah, and it was like Matthew McConaughey goes back in time to become a bookshelf. <laughs> and i was like so when i kind of saw how the movie was going i was like wait and then i remember that and i'm like well damn that kind of spoiled that for me but yeah. i just honestly i do think that inception is probably a better movie because inception yeah. i had to watch five times to even kind of understand what was going on in some parts i i don't get that I, i'll never well, I'll... It, the, the, the last thing the, it, the, it, the last scene of the movie i I had to watch a couple different times yeah. to double check and then and see for some reason I forgot Inception in my list so it actually go Interstellar Inception then down Prestige I don't know Interstellar and Prestige are so close together I I can't really decide on that one but then it definitely be intercept interception interception <laughs> interception. Inter- interception it would definitely be Inception after after those movies Inception also has a great cast of characters. God damn, yes, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Tom Hardy, yeah, Michael Caine, yeah, 
Wait, is Michael Caine in? Yes, Michael Caine's in everything. Okay. He's like the Samuel Jackson of Christopher Nolan movies. <laughs> um, God, what's the actor's name who who played Scarecrow? Because isn't he in Inception as well? Uh, he's in, yeah, he's in almost every Nolan movie, even Dunkirk. And, well, not in The Dark Knight, he wasn't. He got shafted on that one. Yeah. Uh, what is his like name? Like I did to your mom oh, last Cillian. night. Hey-o! No, <laughs> Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Billy Cillian Murphy. Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy? Yeah, that's his name. Who the hell is that? Oh, that's the, the name of the guy you were literally yeah. just talking about. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what ties me back to Inception a lot is the cast. Yeah, because yeah, it's just a really good cast of characters to watch. It's like a it's a heist film in dreams. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's it's the story. It's the concept, I think. But then they don't waste a good concept on, you know, characters. So, yeah, uh, I feel like this is the most off the rails like episode we've done yeah. so far because we just keep talking about the most random. <laughs> right. <laughs> the rails. Who needs rails anyways? I mean, people who can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I was, sorry, I was going down like train tracks or something, but you went a completely different way. <laughs> yeah. All they do is stop buses and make them open up their things and you know, stupid rails. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, another thing we actually both got to see as well and totally on, on accident because like the innocence I wanted us both to. But then one we actually both watched on accident was uh, Magic for Humans. Or, yeah, I actually or humans. We, we just or humans. <laughs> we we saw it on Netflix. My wife and I were like, "Oh yeah, let's watch this." And then I, I got done watching it, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna bring this to the table next time we record." And then I looked at the doc, and I was like, "Oh, it's already it's there. already on here." <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so weird because like it was definitely a series that I just watched all the way through. It was so interesting. Um, it's like if Chris Angel wasn't a weird emo masochist, basically is the mind freak, mind freak. Well, and it's like every mind freak had to end with this like death defying, um, stunt. And then the entire episode, you just have everybody bitching at Christ. Christ. <laughs> Christ why are Did you, you doing this? Please don't. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> but seriously, that was like the whole ep. And then, of course, he does card tricks and all that. And this is very similar. But what I like the most about this, tell me if you agree. But what I like about the most about this is that each one has like its theme and self-control, um, mm-hmm. you know, perception and stuff like that. And then he does a bunch of he does in between tricks, just like Chris Angel would do, where he does something with a card or something. But there's always a little bit of comedy involved with it. There's always just he's just entertaining, you know, like Chris Angel. I feel like he was going way too hard into like. Oh, I'm tapped into the the spiritual nature. You have to be very spiritual, very spiritual to be a magician. Anybody can't just pick up their foot and oh, I'm levitating. No, it's the spirits around me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think what I is is the best thing about this show is so we only I think we only watched um the first two episodes I oh, think Oh man yeah I so, binged it in like literally one day we got done and we're like whoa we finished that <laughs> Yeah so uh, granted it's, it's only like 20 minutes but still it was just a yeah. big surprise But it, it's something about it is just pure joy yes. like it's such a simple joke and I don't think it was meant to be a joke 
But what had me dying laughing in the first episode was whenever he was like, I think it was the can with the ring. He was like, what's your name? Susan. He's like, all right, awesome. Because it's now time for magic for Susan. (laughs) (laughs) He does that again later. Like I know I died laughing, but here's the thing about it is when it comes to magicians and, and people who do like these tricks and things like that, I, I listen to some people who do that stuff and you know, their job is to kind of like break it down and like talk about it. Right. There's some of the stuff that I saw that I see him do in the show. And um, there was actually a clip I saw before I even watched this show Mm -hmm. that I can't wait to get to the episode. Uh, But there's some things where I can see, I was like, okay, I probably know how he did that. And then that one in the first episode, when he's taking the minimalist backpack thing, when he's taking the stuff out of there, I'm like, I literally looked at my wife. I'm like, how the fuck is he doing this? (laughs) Like, I just didn't. So, so the, the one you've seen it because you binged it. Uh, someone had posted on Facebook they were recording themselves watching it and it's the trick whenever they made that dude believe he was invisible. Oh god. And like he was just like oh my god. But the thing whenever he went over to the empty chair and uh, held the can and like like he was handing it to someone right. I can tell that he probably had that invisible string right. attached to his finger. Exactly. And so that one was pretty easy but when he pulled his wife out of the bag out of the backpack I'm like how? Well, he like, pulled he, he pulled his wife out of a bag that was inside the other bag, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, so crazy. Like, what is going on? Yeah, there's definitely some, and I mean, like, I like they included a clip, and I I think it's three or four, so you haven't seen it yet, but they included a clip of the girl reacting, and you know, they have the afterwards where they're like, oh, I can't believe that actually happened. But her, one of the things she put, it's like, wow, it's like I've seen this on show on shows before, and I always think that they cut away, but then seeing it for real, it's like, how the hell did he do that? Yeah, it, I think. I think I really hope that this gets more seasons. Definitely. I actually wouldn't mind if this would be serialized on Netflix because it, it literally is just pure joy to watch. Yeah. I mean, I, just, I think it feel good TV. Yeah. And I think one of the things is he's very confident, but he's not cocky like Chris Angel or who's the Dave guy, Dave something. Um. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. See, and he does a lot of stupid things like, oh, I'm going to put myself in a giant block of ice. And it's like, are you effing kidding me? Like David Blaine. Thank you. Okay, David Blaine is another one where they're just so freaking cocky about it that it's just like, why? Why are you doing this? Another one that he did is that he put a, he put like a mouth guard in and then got shot by a bullet. That's not magic. You're just doing a stunt. There's a huge yeah. difference between magic and... And doing a stunt. And Chris Angel and David Blaine were the worst at it. They're like, hey, here's all this cool, like, magic, you know, crap. But, you know, now I'm going to put myself in a box for, like, a week or something. Like, why? Well, like the one when David Blaine put the ice pick through his hand. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's not magic. He just has complete and total control over his body. So he knows. And actually, I think that one was the one that he had stabbed his hand enough so that skin was when it was punctured again it wouldn't bleed yeah i think it was something like that yeah see i'm so in touch with my body or whatever that's the spiritual crap i was talking about with chris angel it's like oh i i've trained myself to do it's like no you haven't you're just 
dumb. <laughs> and see, I mean, that's the big difference between Chris Chris Angel and David Blaine and this guy. This guy's fun. He's having fun with it. You know, there's a lot. Like, one, um, it's the opener, so you'll probably see it very soon. But one, he's like, okay, choose from one of these things. It's basically like a pseudo, you know, prediction. Um, but you'll see why. So he's like, pick from one of these and you know whatever whatever's in it she has to do and it, you know it's a guy and a girl and mm-hmm. so then he picks it and it's like hug and he's like oh good so they hug or whatever and then so as he's putting it back he flips it around every other choice is anal <laughs> and he's like oh glad i chose that one <laughs> But so it, another thing, it's, it's things like that that just he at least makes it funny. He makes it entertaining. You know, he's not trying to freak us out. He's not trying to. Well, I mean, he's trying to impress us, but just in a different way. You know, it's and he's not cocky about it. He's not like he's confident. There's a huge difference between being confident about something and being cocky about something. You go to a bar and you're too cocky. You're not gonna get your cock anywhere. But if you go somewhere and you're confident, your cock might go somewhere. That's magic. Yeah. <laughs> so another, I, I, <laughs> now watch as I make it disappear. <laughs> All of a sudden, the cops are pulling you out for rape. <laughs> uh, oh, but they'll let you out in a month because they don't want to ruin your life. Oh. Oh. So last thing I'm going to say about this, then we can go away from that completely. Because <laughs> God, that went away. I did not expect it to. Neither did he, apparently. Um, you actually, I think you actually like learned some things from this show too. Yeah. Because like lessons. in that first, yeah, in that first episode about self control, like you know, he goes to talk to that that um, that um, I don't think he's a therapist, but the guy who's talking about to like basically go with the flow right and then he talks about that that experiment with kids in the marshmallow and i'm sitting there with my wife and i'm like oh my god like he's right because he talks about how based on this theory you can tell what kid's going to be the next steve jobs yeah. and steve grossman i think was the other one he said um but there was a couple kids in that test whenever he sat in there with him that I'm like, oh my god, I literally can see that this child is going to be very intelligent. Like yeah. that redheaded girl, like mm-hmm. just the way she spoke, and like, like I could just kind of tell that that kid was really, really smart. <laughs> my, my favorite part is they they ended the segment with, "Okay, we made a kid cry, so that means it's mission successful." <laughs> and then the one when he kept throwing up the marshmallows, <laughs> right? Yeah, and he was like, "Wait, what just happened?" <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's, I, I'll say it once, I'll say it a thousand times. That's the difference. You know, all of the other, like, name a magician and they try to do, like, the creepy thing. Or maybe they try to do the funny thing. But, like, I feel like most of them try to take it seriously. Whereas this guy goes just enough serious, just enough, you know, fun. So, guys, yeah. you, you guys check it out on Magic for Humans on Netflix. <laughs> check it out check, check, check it out what, 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 what's it all about bring this good party down okay so moving on up to our next discussion open discussions 
Yeah, do next segment open discussion. <laughs> next discussion open discussion. <laughs> uh, we're living with it. So, today's main topic of open discussions segment <laughs> is what <laughs> that was a walk. <laughs> what games are we excited about for the holiday season? No. So uh, we're gonna go kind of in order. Um, if we missed one, it's because I don't think it's important and it shouldn't exist. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I just pick like Shots the really, <laughs> I just pick the really big ones, the ones that like are gonna have the most amount of hype. I mean, definitely there's gonna be like indie ones that I'd be excited for, but those could come out. And most of the indie ones, let me know if you do the same thing. Most of the indie ones, I just go ahead and wait for either A, they're going to come out free on PlayStation Plus, or B, they're going to be heavily discounted in a couple of months. Yeah, the only thing I didn't do that for this year was Celeste. Yeah. Like, I actually was really excited about it. And that's just because everybody was just... Yeah, pretty much. But I actually (laughs) tried it, and I was actually very, very surprised. So that's the first time. Switch. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this would be great on Switch. Hey, it is a perfect Switch game. Oh, is it? And what it game? Pray game. tell me, mister, what game tisn't? So we're going to kind of go in order today. Um, so first up, the big one. I think one of the really, really big ones is Spider-Man. Spider-Man comes out on the 7th of September, I want to say. 7th? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. September 7th. So this, I, in my opinion, this is definitely kicking it off, and we'll see if it's kicking off in the in a good way. But like, what would you say is probably the biggest thing you're excited about for Spider Man? Oh man, just to have another video game Spider Man world to live in. Yeah, um, I think my my. Prior to this, one of my favorite Spider-Man games has got to be Shattered Dimensions, and that's not an open-world game. It's a very single-player linear game, but it's an awesome Spider-Man story. Definitely. So if we can get an open-world, like, good open-world, like, I think the Amazing Spider-Man open-worlds were pretty good. Yes, definitely. I didn't play those. So if we can get something that's on a scale of games like we can have now like God of War, which is absolutely beautiful, but still have a lot to do and feel satisfying to play yeah i mean on paper and from the from the uh, all the things we've seen it looks like this game is definitely a game of the year contender yes um i think a a lot of these that we'll be talking about could be game of the year contenders but i mean spider-man is definitely up there as far as not only is it a big ip that everyone knows about but the pedigree behind it, I think, is probably one of the best out there. Insomnia. Insomniac? Insomniac. Okay, Insomnia is something that you get and f*** you up for life. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, Insomniac is... Well, see, Insomniac is the person who is suffering from insomnia. So... No, fair enough. Fair jump enough. off me, brah. Okay? Um, but I, I really like them. I don't think there's a game that they came out with that I don't like. And a lot of people are saying, I haven't played it, Sunset Overdrive, but a lot of people are saying, oh, the momentum that they learned from that, we can see in this game. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. I never played it. However, yeah, absolutely. I love Ratchet and Clank. I love, you know, pretty much, I mean, what's what's that one? I want to say it was like Surge or something. It was, it was a third-person shooter that not a lot of people like, but I freaking loved it. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's such a good, uh, obviously Spyro. I mean, I don't want to forget about that. Um, but just such a good studio. And I mean, I they also did resistance. Sorry. What? Oh God. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I feel like amazing Spider-Man was technically the one to do the Arkham Asylum, you know, thing where you get, you know, a little prompt to do a counter attack or whatever. the, The combat. Yeah. But in all, in all seriousness, with Spider-Man, it totally makes sense. It totally 100%. He has spider sense. Batman is just really good at kung fu, you know? And so, like, with Batman, it was just like, oh, it made you feel like a badass. But it's like, with Spider-Man, and especially just from the footage that we've seen, it makes you feel like Spider-Man. Because it's not just, oh, I'm going to block his hit and then hit him it's like no i'm gonna do this flippy flip and then shoot some webbers at him and then do all this stuff and all of that is probably going to be you know attached to some type of you know leveling up system so you're going to be able to do even more complicated stuff with it and it just it fits spider-man you know it made you feel like a badass with batman and that's not necessarily a bad thing but i'm just saying like out of all the characters that should be able to pre-cognitively you know, block a punch, it's freaking Spider-Man. So don't don't try to be like, oh, they're just copying Alcatraz. Alcatraz. <laughs> See what you did to me? <laughs> um, Arkham Knight. It's like, no, it's like, it's, it's being true to the character. I don't see it as much as copying as it is finally getting a good version of Spider-Man. Yeah, so at first, whenever, before we even knew what, this spider-man game was we knew that sony was working on a spider-man game true i was hoping that sucker punch was going to be the one to take it because you know having the infamous games having a well-known superhero yes be the main character of this game i was like oh that's gonna be perfect right and then i heard insomniac was doing it i was like well all right and then i you know sunset overdrive i played when it came out and i'm like okay i 1000 percent see what they could do sunset overdrive was a really fun game, except it didn't have any substance. Yeah. Like it basically you played it for gameplay. Like the story was okay if there was any, but really all you did was just do combos. Yeah. You you did the motion. The motion really I think will play well going into Spider Man just because of the things you can do, they already had that groundwork laid. Yeah, definitely. And I mean like who who else to um give it substance than a comic book that's been out since like the fifties, you know, you're going to have right. so much substance. You're going to be drowning in it. You're going to have substance abuse. <laughs> that was a good one. I'll mute myself because that was a really good one. Um, Tomb Raider. Substance abuse. <laughs> um, um, Tomb Raider is the next big one that's coming out. Um, I, I never got to play the second one and I I think I rented it once just to be like, you know, just to say that I played it or whatever, but I don't think I got that far in it. And it was just because it's like um I'm very much in the lifestyle of being a gamer in the sense that like I like having new stuff. I like being able to talk about stuff when they first come out and stuff. So like when you were talking about how you're not going to get Spider-Man for like a month or something, I'm like, are you freaking crazy? I'm getting it day one. I'm going to like, if I could, I'd take time off of work. Cause like 
I want to be able to talk about it and stuff. Mm. And so Tomb Raider 2 in particular, since it came out on the Xbox first, like when I finally got around to it, it was just like, okay, it's more Tomb Raider. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just like nobody's talking about this. Nobody gives a crap about it. You know, so it was more like, I think I'll wait for this to go on sale. And then, of course, every time it does go on sale, it just, I don't have the money for it. So so I will say that Rise of the Tomb Raider is a lot better than the reboot, than the than Tomb Raider 1. Yeah. You know, the, the most recent one that came out. Um, because they really did kind of, it was better. It was a, a really, really good sequel. It harkened less on the supernatural stuff like the first one did yeah and there still was some elements to it but they kind of grounded it a little bit better but the best thing about it was the hub world um kind of aspect they gave it to it Mm -hmm. so you have a few different regions in the game in this big open world that you can do stuff in and and uh, i'm trying to think of another game that used that but um i really really enjoyed it and i finished it yeah uh on the other hand i'm not excited for um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I mean, really? I am. I am, but it's not even on my radar for this fall. Not even yeah, whatsoever. and I think it's just because it's so jam-packed, as you'll see yep. <laughs> coming forward. It's yep. just so jam-packed. Like, honestly, I don't know if it would necessarily hurt it to just go ahead and push it, but then you have Anthem, and you have Days Gone, and you have a couple of other big open-world things to worry about in the springtime. So... I mean, it's coming out in September. Maybe they're just putting it out to put it out because I just, I don't know a good time that would be for this to come out because like, unless it came out in like freaking June or something, like I just don't know if this game would, would do good with just how much there is to play this season. Yeah. That's, that's my worry for it too. Yeah. Which is, yeah, definitely. I think both of our worries is just this game's going to come out, even if it's awesome it might be the Titanfall 2 of 2018. Yeah, which I kind of hope so because that, I mean, I don't hope Screw that. Screw you. Are you I sexist? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying this in a good way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't wish them to have poor sales, but Titanfall 2 is easily one of the best futuristic shooters of this generation. I mean, Titanfall 2 in that advanced movement kind of shooter is absolutely fantastic and didn't deserve to go out the way it did. So I'm hoping that Shadow of the Tomb Raider is a fantastic quality game just put out in a bad time. Yeah, hopefully. So uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is the next one. Both of us have multiple times said that we are way more interested in Greek mythology than we are Egyptian mythology. Uh So, I mean, that one, um, I think that one definitely, like, if I had a choice, because this is all still September. Oh, no, I think Assassin's Creed is October. No. It's September. I think we're still in September, right? I will double check. Okay, you double check while I while I spew shit out of my butthole. Um, so if I had a choice, like let's say I could only get one game per month, and this is part of September. This uh, is October. Oh. October 5th. Oh, see, that's what confused me. Black Ops is usually November, so that's what threw me off. Okay, so out of September, Spider-Man, duh. That's the one yeah. I'm going to get. So yeah, then duh. we'll we'll go over October once we get done with it then. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, we I, we both like it. What I mean, what's your hype level for it? So like it's just I feel like I'm being beaten down this this fall. I really oh, do. Yeah. 
I can so I've actually had to take a look at the games that are coming out and actually give myself a plan. So Assassin's Creed Odyssey will guarantee that it's going to be a spring or summer game for me next year. Yeah. Because of the fact that I still haven't beat Origins and at this point I'm not gonna. I think I'm close, but I'm not gonna just because uh, Odyssey's gameplay is very similar to Origins and I would much rather put my time into Odyssey. Definitely. But Odyssey is supposed to be so much larger than Origins <laughs> and I just don't have that time to... That's got, that's got to be my one and only game for a while. Yeah, yeah. And with all the games that are coming out this fall, I cannot give it its full attention that it needs to. So that's probably going to be a spring or a summer game for me. I can almost guarantee that. Yeah, I have to agree. I don't. I think the only reason I would get this is if it was heavily discounted. Um, I like Assassin's Creed, but the last game I really enjoyed was Black Flag. And I enjoyed Origins, but just not enough to buy it because i definitely rented it um and this one even though i love greek mythology and i would love to see where they go with it it's just i don't know maybe it's just too soon you know we we got so burnt out on assassin's creed and even though they've guaranteed quote unquote that they won't have another one until like 2020 or something like that it's just I don't know. I do. I need another Assassin's Creed. What is this going to do that any other Assassin's Creed does? You know, and I'd have to say the same thing for like Far Cry Six when it inevitably comes out. Um, what What are they going to do different? What are they going to do that makes me want to come back? At this point, that particular type of game has done has been done so many times that I need something different, something drastically different. A really good example is uh, Ghost of Tsushima. It looks to be sort of like a ninja type game, so we could probably expect climbing and stuff like that. But the number one thing that's going to be doing way, way different is its samurai heritage. So it's going to be a little bit more like Dark Souls in its um, combat style because it's going to be a lot more about parrying and then countering than just straight up boom, boom, boom. And I know that Origins definitely went that way as well, but it's just... I associate Assassin's Creed with just like action, whereas this yeah. is a lot more methodical. So for me, Ghost of Tsushima, like that's a world I want to visit, even though I love Greek mythology and I really wish I could revisit it in this game. It's just, I'm not even remotely interested. Even I'd have to get it for free or I'd have to get it for like $10. That's how much mm. this is worth to me. And I really hate that because Especially if Odyssey isn't just a subtitle, it's the story that we'll be going through. You know, Homer's Odyssey is probably one of the best stories ever told. And so for me to miss out on that just because it has Assassin's Creed at the beginning of it kind of sucks. So one of the reasons why I am having this plan the way it is is because i don't want to get burned out like i did with unity yeah assassin's creed unity was really the first next gen assassin's creed and i played so much of it and the game was just so broken that when it got to the point where syndicate came out the next year and critically and commercially everyone says syndicate is the much better game i played the first hour of it and i said i've played this before i'm not going to play this yep yeah and i really really want to give odyssey my my 
love and attention because I've seen what they were able to do with a new formula and origins mm-hmm. and that in a Greek mythology setting with Spartan kicks and like massive army conflicts like they showed off at E3. Yep. It looks so cool, but I have to play it in a bubble. Yeah. Like I have to play it in my own space when no one's talking about it. Is it a safe place? Yeah, it depends on <laughs> if it's, it's with Spartans. I don't know yet. <laughs> um, so the next one, Lego, or sorry, Blops 4, Black Ops 4. Um, I feel like unintentionally, maybe, there's been plenty of times where like we've definitely been at the defense of Black Ops 4. And it's not that I hate Call of Duty, it's just like like many other people, just like, okay, we've already played this. But, I mean, Black Ops 4 has two things going for it. And that is Treyarch and the Black Ops storyline. I personally like the Black Ops storyline. And people, quote unquote, complaining that it's more like Overwatch, that doesn't deter me. That actually interests me. Because it's like, I like the different abilities. I like, you know, the fact that not everybody's going to have a grenade to cook. And so there's just people at the beginning of the match just throwing it over the map to hope, hopefully get somebody. That is awesome. Please sign me up for that. Because that is definitely one of the most annoying thing to die from a grenade from somebody who just threw it. They didn't know what they were doing. They were just throwing it. So, you know, having that replaced with an actual, like... um special ability like I'm, I'm totally fine with that and then blackout like that's just a bonus you know it's it's not the main thing i'm excited for but it's definitely interesting yeah black ops for black ops war for sure on this list is is going to be a day one pickup for me um because especially because the fact that there's not really going to be a campaign and even if there was it's a short time commitment like they all have been right but i buy call of duty every year i'm gonna buy this one again and this for a while until something else comes up is going to be my go-to multiplayer. So yeah. this one for sure is going to be a pickup for me this fall on release. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lego villains, Lego, sorry, DC villains. Do you have any interest in that? Lego Marvel superheroes two was cool, but I still haven't finished it. Yeah. Like I've, I've gotten halfway through it and I stuff. So, I mean, it's, uh, if I get to it, I get to it, but yeah. I don't have any, uh, Starlink is the next one for October. Um, this one, I have to admit, for Toys to Life, this one's actually kind of interesting because it's like you build your ship and then you put your parts on it. That's kind of cool. Um, I won't put my parts on your ship. Yeah, you will. Um, <laughs> I think one of the main things I really want them to see, and I said this during the um, E3 conference show, they need to have a PlayStation and an Xbox version of this. They have the Nintendo and they have the, uh, what's the ship called? The Star Fox ship, I mean. Mm. Oh, I'm being such a bad fan right now. Yeah. Oh, bad, Star bad fanboy. Star Fox ship. <laughs> now you're just looking it up, you jackass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they have uh, that. R-Wing. Go on. It's an R-Wing. R-Wing, Okay. So the R-Wing they have for the Nintendo, they need to do the same thing for PlayStation and Xbox. If they do the same thing for PlayStation and Xbox, I am 
the likelihood of me picking this up doubles because if they put in like Ratchet and Clank's ship in there or uh, what's it? What's another really good one? Um, I mean, there's a, there's a couple, I can't think of it off the top, but Ratchet and Clank is the most obvious one. If we get like a little figurine and it wouldn't be that much different from, you know, if you think about it, you get a little Star Fox figurine and, and the ship. And then, so it'd be the same thing. Like Clank doesn't have to be his own like detachable figure. It could just be his backpack and he's doing that thing, you know, giving the thumbs up or whatever. But if, if I have something like that in Starlink, yeah, doubles automatically doubles because otherwise it's just like, it looks genuinely good for what it is. But unless I actually get to play as like one of my favorite characters like i don't have a switch and even if i did get the switch i don't have that attachment to Star Fox to give a crap yeah it's the same thing with dc lego villains like it's cool if it's a big if if it's actually a bigger deal than what it's being made out to be i'll take a look at it yeah but- it kind of looks like a destiny but now you're just in a ship and you get to interchange it because it kind of looked like you could go down to the surface and you can go on different missions and grind for stuff or whatever. But I mean, yeah, let's move on to uh, Battlefield Five. This is the big one we were talking about earlier because everybody thinks that it's going to fail. Um, I do happen to agree with them, but that doesn't change the fact that I hate how how many people have to say it's going to fail. It's like, OK, I get it. So, Battlefield Five, the gameplay looks really cool, and I'm in a different place because I didn't play really much of any of Battlefield One. So this looks fresh to me. Like the gameplay on here looks really good, and I actually want to play it now. For me, I like playing Battlefield games on PC because out of Call of Duty and Battlefield, Battlefield definitely is made more for PC. Yeah, okay. um, and it's re- it's really fun to play that way. So, what I might end up doing is wait till it comes to Origin Access, the EA okay. like thing where you pay like however much a month and you get access to their games, and then I'll play it that way. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those if I end up liking it better than Black Ops Four, then then I'll see if I make an executive decision, just go ahead and buy it. Yeah, but. I mean, just for my... I think it'll be fine. I don't think it's going to die by any means. It looks like a lot... Well, no, see, I think what's, what is the biggest deal with this is the whole Battlefront 2 situation. Yeah, which is... yeah. I think that has definitely what a I, lot to do with it. Yeah, that's definitely what I was going to get into. Like, um, Battlefield or Battlefront 2 has tarnished EA's name. And them coming back and being like, hey, the DLC's for free or whatever... It's like, okay, but what else are you going to monetize? Like, you haven't earned back my trust. Just because just because you've made changes to the game that you effed up in the first place, and now you're putting out another game, and you're making sure to do, quote-unquote, consumer-friendly stuff, like, I just don't buy it. And neither will I the game. <laughs> um, nah. I just, I, I don't buy it whatsoever. I mean... EA has been pulling the same that they've been pulling for years and it's like, Oh, we're listening. And then they put out another game and it's trash. Oh, we're listening. They put out another game and it's trash. And I have the opposite, you know, 
thing where I did play Battlefield 1 and it was good, but it was just kind of like it was so clear that it was just like it just there was not that much passion in it. And so for them to go from World War 1 to now World War 2, like I don't know, it's just how much is that how much is going to be different? So my worry would be other than um, out of my convictions alone, I don't want to get it just because I no longer want to support EA, basically. So besides that, putting that aside, pretending that maybe Ubisoft made it instead, nothing about this game comes out and says, hey, you need to play it. Yeah, I can get that. Yeah, I think the only thing that's drawing me to it is the gameplay does look really polished and and really good yeah i mean but you could say that about any battlefield game and then it comes out and that's when it crashes well so battlefield one looks more like an action shooter than a tactical shooter like battlefield is supposed to be yeah battlefield 5 looks like they paid more attention to it in that sense it looks more like battlefield 4 set in world war 2 because battlefield 4 is very tactical i can i can sort of see what you you mean but you know, unless I actually get a chance to play it, you know, I just, I, I, uh, EA is just so tarnished at this point that it's just, it's, it's past the point of no return for me. So I get that. That's totally valid. All right. So then I did the same thing for September. So for October, I think if I was able to buy one game, surprisingly, it's Call of Duty. I mean, I still don't think I will. I'll definitely rent it, but you know, if it, let's say if I can get one a week or one a month, and you know, that would be the one for me. What about you? Yeah, Black Ops Four in October for Woo-hoo. sure is going to be my guaranteed going to buy. Yeah. So then let's move on to November. November starts early with uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. What do you think about that? Because you're the one with a Switch. <laughs> Honestly, I'm in a gauge to see if um, to see if my wife if if she might find it interesting because oh, um, that's a good I like because I want to find more games to play with her and this seems like it would be a perfect game to play. Yeah. Um I I think we can have games like this which is basically a console Pokémon Go and an actual Pokémon RPG like a full-fledged one later on down the line. I think that two of those like both of those can't exist. Yeah. So for what this is, it looks cool. It looks fun. It's just one of those that if she looks like she really likes it, because me and her did get into Pokemon Go when it first came out. Yeah. Then I'll see if I'll see about picking it up. But if not, then I might wait. Yeah. Um, let's pretend I do have a Switch, um, which I might get one for Christmas or I might get one for um uh tax return so i mean i might eventually get it but let's pretend i have it in time for this um when i first saw it very first time i saw the trailer i was like oh this is actually really cool and like i kind of like how simple it is but then like the more i thought about it it's just like okay so just like in pokemon go literally all you have to do is flick a ball like one of my main complaints about pokemon go is the fact that it's not a game it's an app and so putting out a game and doing the typical thing that Pokemon does where they do two versions of it, charging full price for them, and then still promising another RPG down the road, it's like, well, why don't I just wait for that? You know, because yeah. then you also have that you can, you know, link up your uh, 
Pokemon Go account to it. It's like, okay, do you realize how many people on day one are going to have 150 Pokemon? So then what do you do in the game? I know there's a storyline. I know that there's gyms and I know that you have to defeat the, the gyms or whatever. But it's like nothing about this game is interesting other than I get to revisit something from the past. But now it's in such a simplistic way. Is it really revisiting it or is it just watching it? I think these are just for two completely different audiences. Yeah. I think these are definitely going to try to capture the audience from Pokemon Go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and because it does utilize the Switch in a lot of really cool ways. Plus, that Pokeball like, add-on thing is kind of cool. Like, it, it's a cooler version of what of what Pokemon Go would try to do with the wristband. Yeah. And, I mean, I agree with that and everything. It's I think it from... Oh, God. <laughs> shut up it's just for me it really is the fact that they're they're putting it out and it, i don't know it's just what do you do in it i think if they could put out a, a video like the you know it's not really a tutorial what do they call it i think it's called like an overview they put if they put out like an overview trailer and they showed me everything i was going to do in it i think i'd be more likely to buy it but right now the, all, the only images we have of it is the people flicking the ball at it and walking around town. So without me knowing what exactly is going to be happening in the game and without battles, you know, you in normal Pokemon, you battle it, you weaken it, and that's when you throw the Pokeball at it. And so that was a good majority of the game. So now with that simplified to just throwing a ball, it's like I want to know what else I can do. What else can I do? What collectibles can I do? That's what I need to know. And the second they do that, I would be 10 times more likely to pick it up because I have a little girl, you know, and to get her into video games, the Switch is going to be great for that because there are a lot of, like Mario Kart is a perfect example. There is a mode where you can turn off um, steering and turn off the accelerator. So literally all they do is go left and right you know, and that stops them from hitting the borders. So she could play that game with me and literally all she has to do is stay on the track, which it does that for her too. So it's like, I'm, I'm completely interested in that way, but it's like it, it, at least with Mario Kart, for instance, I would play that by myself and I would play it and I would enjoy myself. Whereas like, let's go, like, would I enjoy that by myself? And I think that's the main question that's unanswered until they give me some more information. Yeah, I could agree with that too. So, uh, then the biggest one of the entire year, like, God, everybody shut up about it. Red dead redemption Two. What's your thoughts on it? Because then I'm going to tear it apart. So this goes back to the plan I was talking about. This one is a guaranteed um, January game for me. Oh yeah, hmm. like, interesting. Like this is a this is like going to be a horizon for me because it's going to be. <laughs> well, like no, not not when I actually I could play see Horizon. It. It's just over the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> so like this is going to be like a January February game right, for me. Right, right. Like some sometime that I'm going to have. Hopefully everything else knocked out and I could just focus on it because I love and cherish Red Dead 1, but I don't have a whole lot of hype for Red Dead 2 because my 
enjoyment from Red Dead 1 was in a vacuum of, like, I love this game for what it is, not because everyone else really loves it. Good point. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Yeah, I... Well, I guess first off, are you done? Yeah. I don't, okay, good. I don't want to tear it apart until I... You know, I don't want you to be like, well, actually, sir. Um, uh, so this goes back to my convictions, and... This is definitely something that I feel like Rockstar has gotten away with. Um, Red Dead Redemption is pay to win. Or I mean, Grand Theft Auto Online is pay to win. And it got away with it. Everybody loves it. Everybody plays it. But it got away with pay to win mechanics. And I'm not okay with that. And the fact that the CEO of Take-Two Interaction or whatever it's called straight up said that every game from now until you know they close down is going to have reoccurring whatever i can't remember the terminology they used but basically we're going to have microtransactions and that's going to be a mainstay in all our games that's scary you know it's scary to think that something like red dead redemption can be absolutely spoiled because you have to pay like a million gold pieces for like a really good horse but it's something that they do on the constant with grand theft auto online grand theft auto online is just plagued with such high money for things and it's just so unfair because either you have to pay money or you have to make it a second life for yourself and it's just it sucks because I am genuinely excited for Red Dead Redemption 2. Like you, I absolutely love the first one. But because of how I feel about microtransactions and the way the industry should be ran, even though Rockstar can be trusted as far as storytelling and as far as gameplay mechanics, they can be trusted. It's just extremely unfortunate that Take-Two Interactive, they cannot be trusted. And so because of that... I just, I'm not that interested in it. You know, I think for sure I will rent it and I will play through it because I love the game that much. But as far as supporting something that's willing to do microtransactions like they do and get away with it, I just like, I can't bring myself to get excited about something like that. Yeah, the the only thing I'm worried about is... I really enjoyed the multiplayer, the online um, world that they had for Red Dead 1. Oh, yeah, right. It was really, really fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, my only worry is that they're going to try to make it too convoluted. Mm-hmm. And although I think that I, I, apart from the microtransaction, I really enjoy the way they've handled GTA Online, the constant support, the constant updates. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I do agree with you that that uh, that is very unfortunate. That's not going to necessarily bother me as as much because yeah. I'm not. It's one of those things I don't pay too much attention to it. I do when I go to play it, and it's like, oh, cool! I want to get this back to the future car. Oh, fuck me! It's fourteen million dollars, right? And I mean, um, that's my main thing is the fact that it's not just cosmetics, and you know, people will say it to the to the faces blue. You know, it's like, oh, it's just cosmetics or, oh, it's just that. And that would be okay. that would be OK. But when you can buy vehicles and you can buy um, guns and you can buy tanks, you can buy a freaking tank with money. And it's the same money 
that is purchasable on, you know, with real world money. So that means somebody can go into a match and go in with a tank and those are super hard to kill. And then if you finally kill that tank, they have enough money to just buy another one. It's like, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. So, and I mean, like I said, it just really sucks. Cause I, I, I am genuinely excited just for the story part of it. But as far as you supporting, yeah, that's just where I have to draw the line. So, um, Spyro, Spyro is going to be a day one purchase. Oh yeah, honestly, nice. this is this is one of the this is one of the games out of this list I am the most excited for. Yeah, love, love, love Spyro. I, Spyro, I take over Crash any day of the week. Nice. Um, Spyro is my personal favorite, and I cannot wait to go back and play through these games in a new light because I have not played these games since I was a child. Like right. I haven't gone back to play them as classics. None of that. Yeah. But I do remember even as a child how broken the game was, so I'm excited to see what they've changed to fix that. Definitely. Um, I I wouldn't say I like it more than Crash because Crash is my boy. Um, however, as far as HD-ifying it, um, with Crash, it was a really good game, and they captured it perfectly other than the whole jump mechanics, but, you know. Um, but the biggest thing about crash and i mean it's my own fault but the biggest thing about crash is that i knew everything there was to know about the game so replaying it just felt like replaying it you know it was gorgeous dear god was it gorgeous but that's it everything else about it the way the levels were set up the way the jumping was you know except for the first one um everything was the same and so it just it i liked it it's just it's like oh well if anything, I like having in my library, you know, because there'll be some downtime and I'll be like, you know what, let's let's play some Crash Bandicoot. I love that. You know what I mean? But Spyro, what it has on its side is the fact that it's a lot more kind of open. And so there's more secrets. And even though I played the absolute crap out of it, there's still a lot about it that I don't know. And so mm-hmm. now HDifying it, it's going to feel like a new game for me. Yeah, I actually think this, these will be a new game, especially uh, it's very simple, but one of the big changes they made was gave each of the dragons their own personality instead of like the dragons that you rescue, right, like okay. when they're statues, instead of having them be like a cookie cutter. Oh, I, I saw that same dragon art or I saw that same character model. The last dragon I good saved. Point, yep. Each one of these are completely different. Oh, good. Because, yeah, that was definitely something. And, I mean, obviously, even as a kid, you're like, ah, I saw that one already. But you kind of understood the limitations that they had to deal with. So now that we're mm-hmm. in the future, um, being able to get a much better experience out of it, yeah, I'm kind of on board. So uh, the yeah, last sure. one of November is Fallout 76. What's your thoughts? I really don't know. I'm really Switzerland on this just be just because I enjoyed Fallout 4 um but it just it wasn't what I was looking for at the time. Yeah. And so I'm like I, I'm just I honestly really don't know. It's really going to depend on what the culture is and kind of where I'm at when it comes out. Yeah. Uh 
I don't know. I'm actually probably one of the very few people. I mean, you probably have a lot of diehard Fallout fans out there, but I probably one of the very few people who's actually genuinely excited for this. I just hope this one is less focused on um, building. Nope, it is. Like, <laughs> it is less focused? No, it is way focused on it. Oh, well, hopefully it's more simplified because that was one of the things I didn't like about 4 was how much it tried to do the settlement thing to right. break down my neck. I think the number one thing that's going to be the biggest difference is that you can build anywhere rather than here's these little cubes that you have to build in. Okay. So I think, if anything, then it's just going to feel a little bit more like... like sanctuary which i think was the first town that you could build in it really just felt like okay you have to you have here's the confines that you have to build in how unique could you make it i mean i'm pretty sure there's videos of people out there who have made like really like interesting things but it just it felt so confined being able to build wherever you want sounds freaking awesome like just like okay, here's a good spot. Um, there's no mutants around. There's no, you know, encampments or anything. Here's a good spot. Let's plop it down. Let's make this our own. You know that concept sounds really good. And then honestly, um, other than the fact that we're gonna miss out on like missions and stuff, a lot of what I did in Fallout was explore, and. Being able to do that with friends, I don't think is going to detach from it. A lot of people, and rightfully so, don't like the fact that we're not going to get as much story aspects out of it. Um, But I kind of like being able to make my own story because that's kind of what I did. I did the main story, but that was really only if it was like on my way. Because I would purposely go in like the opposite direction so that I could just explore. And then like a good 75 to 90 in certain places percent of the story was environmental. And I still trust um, Bethesda in the sense or Todd for that matter. I trust them enough that they're not going to they're not going to get rid of that. Everything is still going to be able to be told through the environments, through the computers, through everything. And you're still going to get the story. You might not get as much character interactions, but especially with four, not as much with three, but especially with four, there got to a point where I stopped listening to what people were saying because it was just like, I just want to play the game. I just want to explore. And But that's me. Yeah, if I can make myself think of Fallout 76 as Minecraft, but in the Fallout universe, then I may talk myself into it more. Yes, do it. It it looks really interesting, and I feel like, especially with what they're going to do with Griefers, I, I felt like was an interesting way to handle it. Um, mm-hmm. Very smart. Yeah. But you can't say Bethesda doesn't... Yeah, you can't say Bethesda doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, and so... I don't know. I feel like people are focusing too much on the, oh, single player is dying, even though Bethesda is the one that's keeping it alive or, you know, like they're focusing too much on that, like hashtag not my fallout. It's like, I don't know, you know, it's they're doing something different. If if Bethesda didn't come along and completely change fallout, everything about it, nothing except for, you know, there's you know, similar factions 
everything was changed for Fallout 3. And you definitely had some naysayers, but they shut up pretty quickly once the game came out. And Mm -hmm. here we go again. They're coming out with another huge change, something that could change Fallout forever. And, like, I'm, I don't know, I'm less... I'm less quick to judge because for me, it's like, I want to play with other people. You know, I, I feel like, um, uh, elder scrolls online was good, but it's main problem is that it was built to be a MMO. Here we have something that is built to be multiplayer, but not necessarily MMO. So you have way more avenues to go down when all you have to worry about is like four people versus a hundred freaking people you know there's so many like instances like go kill four of these things so you literally go there there's eight you know there's eight or ten people killing the exact same thing as you and you it's just like like you do some damage to one of them but then you don't get credit for it because maybe you didn't get enough damage off of them and so frisk it's just so frustrating when it's in the world of an mmo so now we have this thing where it's going to be like your persistent world and then people get to come and visit it and that that concept is really cool because no longer are we confined by the label of mmo now we get to i feel like there's going to be so much i mean just think of a really good four-player co-op game it can do you know a hundred times more interesting story stuff interesting gameplay stuff than an mmo can do because obviously an mmo has a hundred people to worry about so it needs to account for those hundred people at all times so the story stuff is just so back of the woods that it's not really even there so this there's so much more potential to this so yeah i agree okay um so november i want to say you said uh, excuse me you said spyro was your day one for spyro for sure day one yeah um honestly honestly i'm gonna have to get it to fallout but because Spyro is going to be cheaper. I might try to also get Spyro. So, yeah. Um, going into December, we got Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So, I feel like this is going to be an easy yeah. one for super, both of us since super you easy. Since, well, as of right now, since you don't have a Switch, uh, I probably know your answer, but. Uh, this is going to be a wait and see for me as well, just because I love playing Smash with a bunch of people locally, mm-hmm. and I don't have that right now. Yeah. So, and I hate see, I playing fighting games way. online. I thought you said it, I thought you were going to say that it's super easy because it's the one you're going to get. Well, well, that's my main thing is I hate playing online fighting games. True. I absolutely hate playing online fighting games. So. Unless I can find a, a you know a decent sized group of people around here to play, you know I don't I don't really because I love Smash, but certain Smash games are better played solo than others. You know. Yeah. Okay. So it's something I really really like, but just due to circumstances, I don't know if I'm going to get right off the bat. Yeah. If I had a Switch, it would it would be an obvious first day buy i mean not only is it smash brothers not only is smash brothers awesome but just from like the hardcore smash brothers players like mr tim gettys 
it seems like they're going in the right direction. A lot of people yeah. hold Melee to such a high esteem, and it seems like it's not quite Melee, but it's at least heading in the right direction. So that's enough like Melee for the hardcore people, but enough, you know, simplistic for the newcomers. And that that balance is definitely where I live. I live in that in that place. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited and if if I get it for Christmas, I'll get Smash as well. If I get it for tax return, Smash is like a day one thing for me. So Yeah. And then there's just cause. Why? Just cause. Nah. <laughs> so my answer for this, I I got just cause three when it was a free game with PlayStation Plus. I would do the same. So it's fun. Just Cause 3 is fun. It's great if I want to just bullshit around in an open world and destroy things, but it's definitely not a day one, not even a year later purchase unless it's maybe like 10 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I And it's I like the Just Cause games, but they're arcadey, and I'll get them when they're on a super cheap discount or when they're free. Totally agree. Don't even need to add anything to that, which is weird because usually I do that to you. <laughs> all right so i mean that's pretty much it we definitely want to hear from you guys what are you guys the most excited for if you could only choose well let's start with you actually if you could only choose three games out of all this well i guess you already technically answered that yeah my three for this fall that i'm buying day and date well, maybe not day and day, but for sure this fall are Black Ops 4, Spider-Man, and Spyro. Okay. Um, for me, it was Spider-Man, Black Ops, and Fallout. And then maybe Spyro, but like I said, just because it's super cheap. So uh, so let yeah. us know. Well, if you had only three that you could buy for the entire season, and even if there's one on here that we didn't include, like um, uh, what's the story one? into the storm no life is life strange. is strange life is strange is another one a lot of people absolutely love that one i just didn't include it because it was a little bit of a smaller one and like i said e- even the smaller ones like they're so cheap i might get them anyway so like like i didn't include it yeah. for that reason um but let us know what are your top three of the holiday season that you are dying to get and you will either get on day one or you hope you get it in your stocking uh let us know at tx3 productions on twitter or threat x3 productions at gmail.com um and let us know uh coming up next time ozark season two comes out so we're going to give our impressions on that and we're going to have a brand new segment called incoming threats and this is where we're basically gonna the first episode of each month we're gonna talk about everything that's gonna be coming out well at least like you know up to 10 probably what's coming out that month it'll be sort of a rehash of this but you know it's a new segment so we we got to start somewhere so um so we're gonna talk about what's coming out um anyways this was nick this was Nate. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to Nerd to the Third, where you can always talk nerdy to me. I can't believe Google knew that's how you spelled Chris Angel because it was saying that your Chris spelling was wrong. Oh my God. You're right. <laughs> that's funny. Fuck you, Google. I don't have to fucking impress you. <laughs> we, we did watch a couple episodes of The Magic for Humans, though. 
Oh, you did? Oh, good. Yeah. We can we can talk about that. That was that was actually really good. For a second, I thought it was the same guy from those stupid Facebook things where he does, you know, like I bet I can read your mind or whatever, and then he like has you multiply and divide or whatever, but he calls it magic. Like go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody, and thank you for coming back. That was stupid. I don't like that. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, everybody. I didn't expect you here. I wish we had a camera so I could be like, oh, hi. Oh, I didn't <laughs> see you there. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you don't always have to fuck around. Oops. Ah, shit, I lost it. Don't always have to fuck around. Facts sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes <laughs> you got to make some love and can give us some smooches too. Sometimes you got to squeeze. Sometimes you got to say please. Sometimes you got to say hey, I'm gonna fuck you softly. I'm gonna screw you gently. I'm gonna bone you sweetly. I'm gonna bow you discreetly. <laughs> let that be the blooper by itself. Yeah. Just let that be the blooper. <laughs> Remember, people, sharing is caring. If you share, if you care about hair, then you gotta share with a pair of bears. <laughs> Ooh. Did you just spank her bottom? I, like I did it. just spank her bottom. Ooh. <laughs> it's going in the bloopers. Did you say something about Nick and Toast? Nick and Toast. Hey guys, this is Nick and Toast, here to bring you all your news that's toast related. <laughs> Hey, you all found a transformer. What? That's the Marky Mark joke voice. Oh, yeah. Hey, look, everybody found a transformer. I found a transformer. I'm an inventor. I got it. <laughs> God, I can't even do it with a straight face. If I can reverse engineer this, <laughs> we can make me a Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Marky Mark. I'm drinking a Bud Light in a Transformers movie. <laughs> hey, look, I found a transformer. <laughs> Gotta get to that mile 22. <laughs> Oh. All right, so hey, what have you been up to, uh, uh, Nate? I almost called you Nick. Like, <laughs> it's Nick and Nick and Nick and <laughs> Like a good example is uh, the 40... Shut up, phone. Wow, Hollywood really has <laughs> come... Ah, God damn it. Um, I would definitely <laughs> try so hard not to say for me. It's not even funny. <laughs> Life is Strange 2 is also coming out. I don't know if that's See, yeah, that's, that's that's the indie ones that I was talking about. I don't I mean, people probably care, but those are like the hardcore people that are going to get it anyway. So we're just talking about like the real big ones. Yeah. Like your mom. <laughs> hey, big girls need love too, okay? <laughs> just cuz I talk about giving it to her doesn't mean that I would not give it to her if she wasn't big. Wait. Was yeah, for me, it's de dang it. You got me doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> I think personally that dang it. Yeah. Well, for me, like <laughs> part of the reason, 
God damn it. <laughs> it's so hard. It's just like a crutch. Okay, so...